Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall. You can find Nick and I at the HyperClean store. Facebook group is called Hyperclean Specialist. Go there, and I, you know, we're actually going to start. This is a community pub. I'm diving into a couple of beers. We'll get to beers here in a second because I wanted to start it off with reading some really funny things uh, out of the Hyperclean Specialist group. You got to start off, Derek. No doubt, just like I was saying, I was hoping Dustin was in here because him and I got tagged into a uh, a post. To, says the thrust SCC breaking the land speed record, and that shows it. And then the next scene is the random truck on his ass the whole time. And uh, it's the Ram Dodge Ram. You know it, right? It's yeah. that Dodge guy <laughs> riding on his ass the whole time. That was hilarious. Uh, a couple other fun posts inside the group. Listen, we got uh, we got a Bobby Wolf. Awesome, brother. Super cool today. 85 degrees, 50% humidity. And he was laying down uno on the you know out in the open as a mobile detailer few coatings can ever do that for mobile detailers so awesome great job but here's a big one we wanted to dive through mark is asking can you use slick with the clay bar Derek, what do you do i mean i definitely i've used slick with clay i've used uh, cleanse which was also recommended i've used cleanse with clay i've used foam wash with clay I'm, i've used soap and i've used spray i mean i love using slick as a clay lube because you're putting down a little protectant at the same time if you're going to do like a a wash clay and uh send you know with a little protection it's a great one but uh, if you're going to put on a coating or other forms of protection i get the idea of why somebody would say cleanse or us uh, or foam wash Derek. what what's your take what do you like to do as your process i am definitely a wash uh clay and clay and cleansing as i was, I was calling it because i definitely use it to uh clay with all the time i tried to clay during the wash process so um i've actually only used uh it wasn't uh slick what was um i forgot the name of the stuff you had before i used that to clay with before but I actually use Eco One um, to clay a lot of times. I'll, I'll dilute it as a detail spray, and I'll just spray it on because you get enough lubrication where you can kind of clay and seal at the same time, you know, and then just kind of send the car and get some protection. But I like to use soaps pretty much to clay 90% of the time. Yeah, cool. Mark, I think that was you that asked the question, right? So what, what do you like to do? Oh, yeah, oh. I just, I, I'm just learning. So I, I'm totally a rookie on it. So, um and i just did my first one so um and um i just used stuff that i had before and then um so i used that and it came out good i think so i was just i'm trying to i love the hyper clean product so i want to use yours so I, I if it was a stupid question i apologize <laughs> so no no absolutely not brother it's not a stupid like, question i, like, I want to use your stuff it was so. it was such a great question i wanted to read it out here live on a podcast man that was how cool. great of a question it was cool. yeah it's it's a it's a thing that people wonder you know do i use soap do i use a spray like uh like slick you know yeah it is a really great question it's not a yes or no right it's not a right or wrong lucas what do you like to do are you a soap guy or are you a spray guy when you're going to cut when you're going to put down clay bar and, and work on with clay um i either will use um 
soap if it's just like a regular wash clay seal off the door and if it's like a white car or something that has super heavy iron decontamination then i'll use clay lube um or i'll use iron decontamination as my clay lube so i've heard there's a philosophy against that though like that you really want to keep them separate because if the iron decon that you're spraying is pulling out and loosening up the debris, then you don't want to rub that with your clay. You actually want to get it rinsed before. Never seems to have done me any wrong. I Maybe, I don't know. I guess I would counter with the, if you're picking up the contaminants with the clay bar anyway, wouldn't it kind of do the same thing? I don't know. I'm, it just I'm a theory guy, man. I, I'm not proving theories wrong. I just <laughs> ask the questions. I mean, I don't do it in every car. It's just some of the, like the we get it. We see a lot. Of, a lot of people around here have white trucks or stuff that gets beat on. And with the salt around here, a lot of those little orange specks, you know, the iron fallout. So sometimes just the just the clay bar, or just the iron decon doesn't quite cut the mustard. And sometimes using them together gets it done a lot quicker. Cool. Nick, is that where you go to? Are you a you a clay lube guy with a spray, or are you a soap, or uh, are you you gonna follow the way of Lucas and go with uh, a decon? Um, if it's a really small car and like I'm indoors, I can just foam it down and and hit it with like a clay mitt. But um, a lot of times at work when we have our really 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 heavily iron contaminated cars, yeah, I'll I'll, soak, I'll suck it down and decon, let it dwell for four or five minutes and then hit it with a clay mitt, like a nano skin scrub mitt. Um, if that doesn't work, which happens from time to time, I'll break out like just a old fashioned aggressive clay bar and use that with um, the iron decon as the lube and a lot of water. Um, just keeping it really wet is a good key there, but I've never really had an issue with it marring like crazy or you know, yeah, not had that much issue, but I have had issues with certain strip soaps. Um, if you use like two alkaline of a soap, it will break down the clay and you'll leave like rubber on the paint. And that's not yep. fun not to clean up mm-hmm. at all. So be careful with your soaps with that, but like regular pH balance soaps that won't strip your waxes are generally safe for your clay. But if it's a really, really small car that has really like contamination, yeah, I'm just foaming it and just whoop, 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 with a clay mitt and done. Cool, Mark. I think you're on mute, buddy. Yeah, sorry. So for the iron decon, are you saying use like fuego or something like that over the paint? Okay, so that's what they're saying. Yeah. I'm not right, saying so this... to use it or not to use it. I'm just saying yeah. what I can use. Only Marty can recommend things, and I'm not recommending anyone try anything. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nicely done, Lucas. Nicely done. Yeah, Mark, it's it's a theory, right? Like it's a theory, which is why I said it, right? Like there's different theories of way you can do things, which is why we, you know, we're we're big on products, processes, and purpose, right? That's that's our core foundation. Your process is about finding the product that works best for you. Okay. Lucas is saying for him, he's done this. Nick's saying, yeah. I've done this and do that. So it's not a, like I was saying, it's not a right or wrong, right? It's really about where you want to go and what you want to do. Either one of them, right? If you use cleanse or foam wash, there's going to have lubrication in it for your clay. 
if you use a spray like slick, you should have lubrication. Slick does. Other sprays should have lubrication. The other theory now that's being presented is using a iron fallout remover and hopefully the liquid and the lubrication that's inside that formula would be enough. And both of these other guys are saying for the cars that they've done, it's also works for them. Lucas. I have a question regarding slick. Um, I've never personally used it as a clay lube. I've used it on most of the cars that come in for an exterior and not a coating and I love the product, but I guess my question would be, what kind of process would you use if you're going to combine the two steps, if you say you can use it? Because, um, I don't know, would you go panel by panel to try and prevent any kind of streaking with it? Or do you think you could get half a car done before you got to go back and wipe? Or what, what kind of system would you do with that to make it come out as best as possible and as efficiently as possible? Yeah, great question. I'm I'm washing the car with cleanse and rinsing it back off. And then while it's wet, I'm spraying down slick and I'm going to do my hood first. I'm going to get through most of the, that front half of the vehicle before I need to wipe it back off. Uh, depending on the heat, of course, right? Summer, yeah. you're going to, you're going to work a little faster than you would when it's cooler, but you, you, you'll see that when you're spraying it down there and you're wiping it over, you'll feel right. You'll feel both the, the friction of pulling up the, the contamination as well as then after you finish and you'll feel how soft and quote unquote slick, right? How slick the surface becomes. Cool. Um, but I think your overall question is, can I do my whole vehicle and then come back and dry it down? If you're inside, I think you could. Uh, I think you could definitely. I've done it inside and done my whole entire vehicle and then come back and dried it with, uh, with our twist dry towel. You know, we've got a couple options there. Oh. That was all I was wondering. Yeah. Dustin, you missed your shout out earlier, brother. Uh, hyper clean specialist post. You know, you got record breaking cars and there you go. Dodge truck guy right behind him. I seen it. I seen it. I was out on the boat and uh, seen a notification pop up. So I had to jump on there, check it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I dig it. When you're on the boat, do you occasionally true. just look backwards and be like, oh, is there a Dodge truck behind me? Like, is it? Uh, no, no. no. Uh-uh. You, ju- you just got to worry about a Baja running up on you or something. <laughs> Similar to Dodge truck guy. Oh. <laughs> Dodge truck guy is who puts the Bajas in the water, right? All like day. They, yeah, all day. All day, Absolutely. every day. Absolutely. All right. What are you guys drinking today? I have got two different beers I'm doing. I've got the Rogue Pumpkin Patch Ale. Right. Big fan of Rogue. It's one of those breweries that we see on a regular basis around here. Their pumpkin patch ale, as I began to get into pumpkin ales, it's a bit brownie for me. Uh, as we've talked, as most of you know, brown ales, I'm just not a huge, massive fan of them. I will drink it inside of a pumpkin ale because I like that pumpkin flavor that's added. Usually if there's too much of that, whatever, whatever goes into a brown ale, right, whatever's in it, uh, it's almost like a little bit of coffee, almost like caramel, I guess a little bit. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't dig the flavor of a co- of a brown ale. Uh, that's what pumpkin patch is a little brown ale for me, but I'm going to drink it later. The first one I'm going to drink though. And, you know, I hope I can reach out to Dave and see if I could get him on to explain this. But for those of you that and listen, we got people that are messaging in all the time. Thank you so much for everybody that is saying, hey, I'm going back and listening to all your old stuff, 
right? We're talking, I started Pints of Polish podcast in 2017. So people are going back to listen to it. And those early episodes, a couple months in, we had a guy named Dave, who was a local detailer that he would come on because we would brew beer together. And he was our beer nerd, right? Like he could really geek out and tell you what all goes into it. Come to find out then his next job as he ventured off is with this brewery, Welltown. And he's a head brewer at Welltown Brewery. So he made this. It's a really, really great Marzen style lager. Have you guys gotten into your Oktoberfest and your, your Marzen style lagers yet? Anybody? Derek? Yeah, the two local breweries uh, near me finally released theirs. So uh, they were a little bit late. They said they were having problems. You know, one of the, whatever ingredient they were trying to get, they couldn't get it. And they finally got it. But the two near me, uh, Ashton Brewing Company and then um, Cyclo Brewing Company, both released their um, like German style Oktoberfest, and they're they're pretty good. Like I I love them. Yeah. All right. What are you sipping on? So today I actually have a beer from one of my my, my buddy that was in Pittsburgh from Eleventh Hour Brewing Company. He brought me uh, a it's a triple Jack. It's a um, it's a triple ten percent uh, IPA. So I'm only having one tonight but uh oh. yeah i know he always brings me like something crazy that he's got there i i still have yet to go visit him but um he always like for my wedding and for my friend we just went to my friend's wedding on Sunday. he always brings us a giant case of beers and they're all like mislabeled beer cans that like they couldn't sell but they're still good beer so literally they're like mystery cans and uh this is one he said no 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 don't put it in your bag right now and i took it home and i'm like god damn this is strong i can't he goes drink it at home Derek. don't drink it out anywhere and i see why you can 10%, take percent huh? straight alcohol like it's a good lord mm, little boozy little boozy yeah Austin, is it old trusty tonight or did you venture out uh i am having natural light natter days is what we're drinking tonight. Uh, we were going to grab some bush light before we headed to the lake at five o'clock, but uh, grab the natter days, man. <laughs> look, look, they're, they're great. I'm not ready to let go of summertime yet. So I'm going to need a couple weeks to transfer over into the darker beers. <laughs> is natter day like, is it kind of, is it their version of, does it put like a lemonade type in it? Is that what they do with it? Yeah, it's red, white, blueberry, and lemonade. So, that actually sounds pretty good. It's really not bad. And it's, it, I mean, it's like 5%, something like that. Nothing crazy. Uh, I did have a Sam Adams Oktoberfest the other night. Uh, sent Marty a picture of it. And, oh, uh, I got it right. You didn't respond. He I asked, Guess not. what this is? I said, <laughs> Sam Adams Oktoberfest. He never responded. The day later, I send a chicken head and a dinner. And I'm like, Come on, it's. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. He still never responded. I'm like, what the hell? Are you sure? Uh, yeah. I, I think you're lying. I don't think you responded. No, <laughs> definitely. De yeah, yep, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones don't lie. Internet might, but cell phones don't. I'm the world's worst texter. Like I've got, I've, I've got like 76 unopened text messages right now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Hey, Mark and Jesse, good to see you guys. What are y'all sipping on tonight? Sriracha. Oh, a little sriracha. Soy we got sauce. a little sriracha and some soy sauce. sauce. Okay. We do it here in El Paso. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And some truly, 
Sriracha white and claw. Truly. That's a, a white, great choice. White claw. No, no, Marty, it's a White Claw. Oh, it's a White Claw. My bad. Get with the times, Marty. <laughs> and I got this too. Modelo lime and salt, but you can't see with the thing. Oh, that yeah. sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yes, Those are good. I had the other day uh on episode I had the Dosecchi's lime and salt. That one's good too. Yeah, yeah it is good. Yeah. yeah. I'm a Modelo fan, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Anybody else sipping on anything fun tonight? Old boy blue. Dustin's best friend. Mark, what do we got there? Uh, so this is an IPA from Alvarium, which is a brewery near me uh, in New Britain, Connecticut. So it's good. Uh, and at the brewery that I work at, too, we have the Marzians on and we have some stouts. Good chocolate peanut butter stout already. So it's getting cool up here already. All yeah. right. So what, what goes into a Marzian? Do you know? Uh, just I, I, I don't do yeah, the actual know. making of it but um it's i all i can say it's a different kind of like a multi-hop is what i would say okay cool yeah I'd, I'd be like i said it'd be great to find out that's it's what i wish that we had right a little bit more info about the beers we were drinking but you know is what it is hey if it the gold goes down clean all good right mm-hmm. so i don't know if we really want a beer nerd in here helping dustin <laughs> educate himself about beer choices it might not go good for old dodge truck guy all right so dustin i'm driving the other day on the highway once again beautiful weather right here everybody's good don't worry don't worry dustin your cousin didn't pull up he didn't get right on my ass don't worry but a little fj did right uh it was a uh pretty cool that's a jaguar right little jaguar fj right uh, comes up and flies over next to me and passes and I give a little glance over and you guys ever have that glance over right when you see this and you get that sun that hits perfect and you go ooh look at those spider webs oh Ouch. yeah right this happened to be what's up John good to see you brother uh, this happened to be a white one though and I go huh I'd probably like to work on that then wait a second maybe I wouldn't White can sometimes be a little tricky. It's not always as easy as we think about. And that's what made me start thinking, huh, or what my favorite color of vehicle would be to polish. What do you think, Derek? You got a favorite color? We'll go around. This will be a quick one. Favorite color to polish and why? Um, I think anything burgundy red. Um, hmm. It's like a dark color. And a lot of the cars are Jeeps and Dodges, and, and um, they tend to be pretty easy to correct. And they just, I like the way that, that color. If I didn't get my orange truck, I would have got a dark red, like that nice burgundy with the metallic in it. It just looks real cool when it's clean. Okay. Burgundy. All right. Well, I like good answer. Good answer. I don't know about the Jeeps being easy to, to correct. I don't know. Like the Grand, oh, the Grand Cherokees. I've oh, done. Grand Cherokees. Okay. Not, not, the, not the Wranglers. Not, I, don't, I consider Wranglers a whole, a whole different thing because. But uh, the Grand Cherokees, the um, even like the Dodge, like the Langos, um, the Challengers, like that nice dark red, like oh, so fun. Uh, for an off-road vehicle, you would think they'd eventually get soft paint taken care of, right? Like, why do you have <laughs> I, soft paint on I, an off-road vehicle? Makes no sense at all. I, I have no idea. It's like, see, like the Ford Raptors have like real, just crappy paint on them. They're like, they're, oh, they're Baja vehicles. We're taking them off-road, but like. The paint shitty on them, so it's like, why? Like, I don't know. Well, 
All right, Mark from MD, favorite color. I know you said you just started, but you, you worked on a favorite color yet? What's been your favorite color car? Um, Probably the only ones I've worked on favorite color so far is probably a dark blue. I think comes out really good. Um, good when it, nice and shiny. Black is a pain. My own car is black. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but I love dark blue. I think it comes out good. Cool. Appreciate it. Lucas. I am in love with how that Ford metallic blue they put on the F-150s for a while cleans up. Ooh. Laying a polisher on that, it just it polishes so nicely. And when it when it shines, it's so deep and pearlescent. I freaking love working on that paint. Hmm. I like it. Joe Cleans out there working on paint right now. I don't know if he can hear us and wants to come over and unmute or not. Put down his polisher. We see him. Oh, look at him come. All right. Joe Clean's on his way. <laughs> Joe Clean, brother. What is your favorite what? color of paint to polish? I'm going with Mark. That dark blue, which, well, first off, let me do my, I can't stand polishing, cutting, doing anything to a car, okay? But if I do it, it'll be this actual color that I'm working on right now. And it's a dark blue BMW. Mm. Oh, BMW. Yeah. You mm. want to see it real quick, real quick, real quick. It's coming yeah, out. Yeah, but pretty, I, I've pretty, never, I guess right. I've never really thought of BMW paint as just being oh, like, no. damn, the, you know, yeah, like. I got I to gotta do one on Friday. They're so, yeah. they're so fun. It's coming out really good, good, man. It's it is so coming fun. out good. You got a yeah, great really pop good. to that. Nicely done, yeah. Joe. Yes, sir. That's cool. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Cooking with Nick. <laughs> favorite color is it tesla is it tesla white is it no is it tesla it red is, um yeah prob probably tesla red or really any metallic red in general like it to me it's like a happy balance of like dark and light and like when you when you when the light hits it just right especially like at sunset when you get that orange in there and it starts like getting like other shades of red and orange in there and it just glows Oh, I love it. I love working on metallic red. That's cool. Appreciate it. All right, Dustin, is it a Dodge color? Is that your favorite? I think I'll surprise you guys with this one. I'm going with uh, the Wolf Gray from Kia. Mm. Love that color. <laughs> it is... That's left field right there. That's yeah, left field. Uh, we've had a handful of them in the shop and very impressed with the quality of those vehicles when it comes to the paint and that color looks awesome when you really gloss it up man it's hard to beat okay i appreciate it all right mark and jesse down in el paso stuffing their faces <laughs> cooking with nick wants to know what's on the menu though uh, on my menu is it's being stolen right now, uh, but I got some some noodles, some beef, some chicken, and some shrimp. I got the combination plate. Ooh, Twelve okay. bucks. Good choice. Kung Pao chicken. Mm. Bada bing, bada bada well, we got a little uh, little Chinese takeout. Yes, sir. Mm. Right. Yeah. Favorite um, color of vehicle you guys like to polish on? any type of red we just did a c7 and like what is it called i, I don't want to i don't want to diss all my chevy boys but like fury red or what is it called fire i don't know the new red um 
but yeah, so that so that one that one comes out great. But I I've told people before, like clients that we've met, like yo, I'll do your pur- I want to do a purple with a lot of flake. Like that's my next. Like yo, I'll do it for free, man. <laughs> yeah. Purple. Mine is. Uh, mine is uh, for free. W three twenty eight i. Oh. Oh. Huh. Is that you what guys- you said? You want to do a purple car for free? Yeah, I want. I All really- right, let's go, everybody out in El Paso. Let's get going. Let's get Mark a bunch of free work. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Mark, I got a purple. I got a purple Volkswagen sitting out front of my shop. That needs yeah. polished. Why don't you hop much- on a flight up here and you can polish all you want on it. Bro, I'll be there. I, I, as long as it has a lot of flake, I'm there. If oh, it's got all the flake. I'll be there too, man. We'll see. <laughs> all the flake. How about I make you guys a good hamburger and I shake your hand? That's, that's worth it. <laughs> Lucas, it's got to be Chinese food, man. Yeah, oh, man. We got all the Chinese food you could want around here. Let's go. Perfect. Mark, it's not even free now. You get food. Let's yeah. go. Let's Definitely. do it. All right, Jesse, what about you, man? Are you also doing free purple work? Oh, I'm not doing free work for anything no 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 i'm getting paid my half and he's gonna get he's gonna find himself out there. mark just wants to do it you're gonna take all the money yeah I'll, all I'll, right and i'll take some pictures for our instagram there you go what is it called? i'm gonna do my pro bono what is it called yeah yeah pro bono yeah, you yeah. got it nice yeah 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 so what is it jesse my, my favorite we did a 328i recently and it was that BMW black with like the bunch of like a galaxy flake in there. Oh, yes. Amazing, man. Yeah. Like, and it was, I was so stoked because of how bad of a condition it came into us. It was completely swirled out. So the, the transformation we got was just, oh, it was a blast. Every time we could wipe off and look at it with the paint, it was just amazing, man. I mean, with Was the- it hard as fuck when you were polishing it? Yeah, I did an an X3M about a month ago that had that same paint color, and I think it might be the hardest freaking paint I have ever polished. I was one step in it, and I was using the Rupes blue wool and finishing Mm -hmm. down with ultimate cut. And I was like, Wow, yeah, huh? That's right, yeah. We did a see, speaking of free, he's lying. We did a free two step on it. I was like, (laughs) Bro, we gotta go over it one more (laughs) time, check this out. So we just blitzed the whole second pass, just just really quick white pad with the I think like I don't even know our lightest polish, and yeah, it came out phenomenal, dude. The guy was so stoked. Nice. No, actually, he didn't care. He was like, "Oh, thanks." Ah, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I hate that. That's the worst, is it? I was so I was so sad, dude. Yeah, man. that's ultimately why I stopped doing all my heavy corrections. I got tired of people just getting in the car going, "Yeah, it looks great." <laughs> like, dude, I just gave you twelve hours of my life. <laughs> all right john from brian shine favorite color out there in phoenix that you like to polish my personal favorite is white uh a pearl white if if i can get it but uh i will always anytime i get a white vehicle i will always uh do my best to try to just make sure white pops like crazy because i have so many clients god you can't make it pop and i have made some white pop like crazy uh with and without ceramic coating so um i say white and it's got to be that 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 newish uh i just did a, a lexus it was a pearl white and oh my god the color was just amazing when it hit it right got it like the gloss right in and then the sun hit it just right and i was like damn and i was just mad that, that it wasn't my car <laughs> so white <laughs> i'll take it all day long awesome thanks brother martinez you there 
No. All right. You're on mute. All right. We got to move on. Hopefully you can chime in, though. All right. Do you guys ever wonder if there are people that in your town that maybe you should do some business with? Maybe it's just a business relationship with. You guys ever thought of that? Like other businesses in your town that maybe you should have a relationship with because you could both have some benefit from it. Does that ever cross your guys' mind? Pretty simple. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few yeah. heads shaking, quite a few heads shaking. Well, I kind of thought of this the other day because I was working through something with my wife in her business. And I think it kind of parallels over to our business, right? In detailing, detailing business is a service-based business, much like my wife's is a house cleaning service-based business. Okay. She's got a little bit of an issue with a team member. We also many times in detailing, Dustin, right? Have some issues with team members inside of our business. Yeah, I know. Mark and Jesse just keep looking at each other like, oh, tell us about it. We both have issues. So what she does something which is really cool. She's telling me about it. She contacts another cleaning company that's a little bigger than hers, but similar, right? It's it's not a massive brand. It's not one of those like a Mary Maids. It's not like a, a big corporate run company. It's a another guy that's kind of running a small little cleaning business by himself and some team members. She reaches out to him and sees if he could use another person because she really wants to get rid of her teammate. And she really did a great thing. There's few business owners that take the time to have enough concern for their current team members that even though they don't want to work for them anymore, they want to make sure that their life is still okay because they've invested into them and make sure that they have another place to work. So I was really proud of her. You know, it's like, great job, babe. It's awesome. I just started thinking, I was like, huh. You know, one thing, there's no doubt that we hear nonstop inside of the industry of detailing is that detailers never like to associate with other detailers. It happens all the time. I know I've talked to people in every part of the country and very few detailers ever have other detailers inside their area that they work with. Derek, why do you think that is, man? The only thing I can think of, at least the guys in my area, is the one guy that's near me. Um, he's he's very he does a, he does a lot of like quick maintenance services. Like he'll literally like go out and do the car. They're there. He's got three team members, and literally like the other day we were out walking the dog, and this guy pulled up in like a looked like a bus almost got his name on the thing. Like literally, I, I, I'm not joking. Literally, it's like these guys rolled out the back of the car. They wash this guy's car and they leave. So like, I've never, I've heard of him, but I never really associated with him. The only success I've ever had as far as like um, associated with details is like passing work back and forth, depending on like the location or what kind of, if something's outside of my skill, I'll pass it to another, this other guy who lives in, um, up in Union by me. Because um, I don't do window tints, so there's certain things where I'll give him work. And the guy actually sent me money one time because he was, like, really appreciative of it. And I just did it. I didn't ask for money back from this guy. I didn't say, hey, you got to give me, like, a finder's fee. I literally said, hey, I can't do this. I gave it to him, and it worked out. But the other guys in my town, they just, like, he – I don't know where he's getting his clients from. I think that a lot of them are his friends and stuff. And he just, you know, we, me and him are, like, almost – like, I talked to him in person, and some of his questions he was asking me, 
I think maybe I'm on a different level. I'm a higher level as far as like maybe education than him. So I just don't really associate with him. Well, all right, Lucas, what about you, man? Why do you think detailers don't like to work and have a some type of business relationship with other detailers? I think it's mostly a, an ego thing. Lot, lots of detailers like to talk shit about other people in the area to try and say, oh, well, my work is so much better than this guy's down the road. He sucks. My, I've been, I'm, I'm way better. I, you know, like I get there's different levels to this, but it's like there's a segment of the market for everything. Like I, I try to build bridges with, as many detail shops around here that I can, because a lot of them offer services that I don't offer and vice versa. Like there's some shops that, or I, I work with a mobile guy. He's, he just does interiors. He doesn't, he's not quite at the level of doing polishing and ceramic coatings. So he's, every time he gets a recommendation, a, a customer who asks about a ceramic coating, he sends them my way. If I have too many interiors, I'll send him a couple interior jobs every now and then. And it's kind of a mutual thing and it works great. I've had other detailers that are just getting started come into my shop and work with me a day so I can kind of show them just what I do and trying to help them out, answer any questions they have. I've got another guy that I'm actually pretty good friends with who does tinting and detailing. And I, I sublet all my tinting to him. I know a guy who does PPF across town. I sent all my PPF work to him. So, so you've actually, you actually have found a value in it, huh? Yeah, I think, I think if you can work with other people, I work, I have a lot of good friends around me, not a lot of good friends, but a lot of other business owners in the same space that I work with everything from mechanic shops to auto body shops, to tint shops, car audio shops, everything, you know, you can always trade work and back and forth. And if you can have a good name with those other businesses and their customers, that's going to reflect on you more positively. And if I know we all have customers ask us, Hey, do you know a guy who does X? If you have that locked and loaded in your back pocket with someone you trust, that's going to build report with them and you as well. Cool. Lucas, we're going to dive into that here in just a minute for a half second. Um, because, well, you're actually going to hear some about that on Friday. It's going to be uh, a great episode that Nick puts out. And uh, it's a little plug for that Friday to Saturday that releases on Saturday. He's actually going to be spending quite a bit of time talking about that, right? Like, what does it look like having relationships with vendors? What does it look like having all these relationships? What does it do for you? So I'm glad you brought that up, man. I was going to bring it up here in a second and then tee up Nick, who happens to just be hopping on. So what great time in there, Mr. Walters. <laughs> you want to give us a well, little done, plug guys. for what you're going to be sharing on a Saturday? Yeah, no. Uh, I had a vendor in my shop for a couple hours last week. Matter of fact, uh, talking to him now over text to set up some things. I'm going to be uh, taking a trip down to Houston next week. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be talking about, you see a lot of things online in the detailing community about, I'm going to go to this, I'm going to go to this online place and I'm going to buy this thing from Amazon and I'm going to buy this thing from this place. But the conversations that I get to have with this particular vendor last week are, mind changing, right? Because uh, we got really big into employment and what people are doing all across the US to employ not only detailers, ceramic coating specialists, but PPF people. And I think uh, if you tune in on Saturday morning when we drop the episode, you guys are going to be pretty shocked at what shops are offering starting pay. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that stuff. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Dustin, in your area, why do you think people don't work with other detailers? Uh, like Lucas said, it's an ego thing, right? Ego, uh, so, huh? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, whole... okay, but what's the ego? What, like, what is it? Is it Nick and I have joked? Nick has said it. We've said it. Like, is it because they everybody thinks there's a secret answer? Like, there's a secret sauce? I think, I think people are scared to discuss what's actually going on in their business. It's the whole thing of, oh, there's plenty of cars to go around. Well, somebody that's scared that you're going to take all their business is going to tell you there's plenty of vehicles to go around, right? Like when in reality, as business owners, we want all the business. Like, like I don't, I'll fuck it. I want to run everybody out of business, straight up. Um, so that do you? Oh, absolutely. If, really? if I got, if I got, you want to handle all those customers, even the bad ones. Oh, absolutely. If I, if I can, oh, well, I can, I I'm can out. fire. Well, I can, I can fire the bad customers. I don't know. You can't, where are they going to get their cars done? They still got to get their cars clean. Not my fucking shop, but you, you've ran everybody else out of business. <laughs> so where are they going to well, go? Oh, ain't my oh, problem. God. Take it somewhere else. You treat me bad. I don't want you, but uh, I mean, the whole idea is to grow your business, have all these employees in a giant shop. Um, if I can move some volume, I'm all for it. I'll put the money where it needs to go. Um, but that's my theory. But I have relationships with other detail shops um, in the area. A couple of them I've added to the specialist group. Uh, great. You know, they don't always buy product from me, but they're there. And some other detailers I've kind of taken under my wing when they got their business started. Kind of like Lucas was saying, teach them a couple things, give them some advice. I have no problem sharing that advice because I don't, I don't want them to struggle as hard as I did when I started my business, when it was an absolute shit show. Um, so if I can help somebody out along the way, great. Or some of them will call me and ask me a question. Hey, I got this. I'm dealing with some overspray. How do I handle this? I will gladly take the time and uh you know do whatever it takes to get them squared away and in the right direction it's always great because you might be in a situation where you need some extra hands in the shop and they might be slow you can give them a call and say hey i've got this going on over here would you want to come over here and work with me for a couple of days um you know so that's always nice so i'm all for relationships um, do you do you know the term roi return on investment yeah. Right. It's it's you're always as a business trying to figure out what I'm doing. How's it going to pay me? Yep. Right. What's the investment? What's the investment return? Could you think you could put a number on that for you? Because it sounds like you got a lot of relationships out there. You're putting in a lot of time, energy, and effort. Do you think you could calculate what that return would be? No, I, I don't think. To be honest with you, I don't think I have any return on those investments. Um, straight up it makes me feel good as a person to kind of share that information around if I've got somebody that's in need of help. Um, but I think there's two shops. One of them went out of business and the other guy is still in business and him and I sent do send work back and forth. I actually met him at one of the car, uh, the car shows we did. He came up to the booth, introduced himself, him and I have never met each other, but we've sent work back and forth. He does detailing, uh, paintless dent repair, and some touch-up paint work for the dealerships. He, he came up to me and said, hey, man, I greatly appreciate you sending me this you know, paintless dent repair work. We've had a few customers come in, said that you were their referral. And he's like, I send some people your way, too, if we're too busy with interiors and whatnot. Well, I mean, I've never really had somebody come in and say, hey, so-and-so sent me. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, it's good to have that relationship. I, I believe it might okay. come in handy one day. Okay. Okay. Cool. Lucas, what about you, man? Do you, 
as you said, you've got all these networks around and about. Do you, do you think you've seen a return? Do you think it's, it's benefited your business? I would say it's unequivocally helped my business out without a doubt. It's, it's nice to have a support system, whether or not it helps you, even if it doesn't help you gain direct income, having a network of people that know a lot more than you in this business is, is worth more than anything you could sell to anyone. Cause I've, I've been in moments where I've, been struggling with the other day I was removing cured primer from a Subaru and I every chemical and everything I tried didn't work so on all the paint I just broke out the polisher and I got it off with compound and polish on the front end well there was a bunch on the plastic cladding and I called up my buddy who's a painter and I said hey what would you do to get rid of all of this um you know, primer that's caked, just sprayed all over the, over the plastic cladding on this new Subaru. And he's like, Oh, easy. Just, just get some goo gone and let it soak. Just let it sit there for, for 45 minutes and then go back with a plastic razor blade and just start peeling it off. And lo and behold, it worked and didn't damage the plastic and it came out looking great. And it's stuff like that, that I don't have the experience yet to know about having those people in my back pocket that I can just shoot a text to with some pictures and get a response. that's going to work is like worth the world to me. It is. I think most people though, don't put the time, energy and effort into the relationship and they just expect to meet somebody and then ask for all the answers to the questions and the, you know, of the test. Yeah. It's a give and take. Everything has a give and take. You can't, you can't just pester the same guy all the time to tell you how to do work, how to do your job. So you got to, be able to think through things and also have answers to other people's questions that you may get. Like, you know, I answer mechanics that I have mechanics that'll ask me questions about, Hey, how can I uh, clean this stain out of the seat? I just put in it and I'll tell them, you know, easy enough, little degreaser and a towel. You should be able to get that out. Whatever. It's, it's, it's a give and take you it's trade back and forth and takes time and community, you know, everything. Community. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to, I, Nick, I mean, you remember during the pandemic when everybody was freaking out about, uh, you know, should we, should we, you know, sanitize this? Should we use a steamer and shoot it in the vents? You know, and then you would get, we were putting out as much information as we could, but you would get texts from people. Some people oh. that were claiming they've been doing it for decades. And then suddenly they're asking you the answers to the, the test. Like, Hey, how do I sanitize? Like literally well, hey, how do I sanitize a, guy, a vehicle? A guy on TikTok that tried to say, I sent it to you. There's a guy on TikTok. He goes, uh, you know, just so everybody knows, this steamer doesn't actually sanitize. I'm going to burst the bubble on that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I burst the bubble on that years ago. I mean, I think you know that, man. I mean, yeah, it, it's we gave out a lot of information. We get out, give out a lot of information here. I, I don't think you do these things because you're, you're spec, expecting an ROI, right? You just do them because it's part of being a professional, in my opinion. Well, what yeah. I was asking, I guess, let me ask the question a little bit different. It was more about the, you know, people that would just send you a text and say they want the answers to the questions, you know, like, Hey, how do I send it? Like, right. That's what I was meaning. Hey, I, I have some real receipts that if people saw. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> it, and I would say the ROI is, is actually, you can, I think you can trace it a little bit like Lucas, you know, it's, it, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a number on a spreadsheet. You know, maybe it's not a number on a, a P and L, but I, you get you, your testimony to this, you got a customer that has a problem with their car. 
you have relationships built that where you can just go move that car to somebody and let it get fixed. Yep. You actually could show a number on a spreadsheet on a P and L. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that those relationships take long time and you got to put a lot of good faith at the beginning. Uh, you know, look, I got a mechanic shop that we send a bunch of work to and, uh, you know, that's led to restoration projects we've been involved in that, that, you know, were great for our, our business. And, but that took time, right? You got to do some things on good faith. I think the one place where you could see this is the hyperclean specialist group. Go in there and, and do some things on good faith, answer guys' questions and, hey, man, I'm doing this and I need some help and give a thoughtful answer. Are any of us getting a lot of return? financially into our business because we're in a specialist group for 10 minutes a day no but if you can help a guy with his problem somebody's going to help you along the way and that's the way i've always just thought about it somebody's going to help you i mean you're going to have to ask for help somewhere and somebody to support you so why not give it look there isn't a whole bunch of shops that i do business with here detailing wise but there are certain shops that I say, hey, man, that guy does good work. If you went to him, I support him. I know he's not going to do hackish work. Um, you're not going to come here and talk crazy about him and vice versa. And we've had vendors come back and forth that we recommended do business with one another. So I, I don't really think about it as, as much as just do it, right? Do the right thing, I think, is kind of where this all falls out. But um, yeah, it's look. When you do the right thing enough, you're going to get it back in money somewhere. I don't know where that is. That's not easy to predict, but you'll get it. John, I'd like to know your thoughts on it, man, because I think you've been somebody that has said vocally, whether it's, you know, to me or inside of hanging out, maybe even inside of a inside of the pub, you felt it's difficult to work with other detailers in your area. Why? Why is that? Well, I, I first and foremost, I, I think it really does boil down to ego, whether it's your own personal ego or whether it's their ego, something doesn't click. And like I've got a couple of detailers on the opposite side of the valley that I they helped me out by taking on a nightmare client that I just couldn't resolve because whatever reason. And in return, I've taken on a couple of their clients that were closer to me or whatever the case may be. John, let me I ask think, you this. Can I ask yeah. you this real quick? I've, I, I just, once you said that, it made me think of it because there's, you know, you're right. Other guys have said ego. So inside of just relationships, right? Relationships with other people, there's always going to be people that you never want to vibe with, right? Nick and I will say this all the time. Like, yeah, I'm not ever going to go have a beer with that guy. So I, I guess, I, I guess maybe I'm asking the question the wrong way. Since I guess you're right. Everybody always says that detailers don't work with other detailers because of their ego. I, I think that inside of relationships, you have to get past somebody's first initial. Every, every human being has an initial front in a sense, right? We all have some type of face front and somehow you got to get to know somebody. However, not every person you really want to get to know. So let's clarify that, right? Like, I don't mean that in detailing, you should be friends. You should go hang out. You should, there's plenty of people inside that I will never want to hang out with, right? You just don't vibe. Those people, I don't ever want to build a relationship with. It's never going to be mutual. So maybe I ought to think and reword this question a little bit, John. Like, you think that there's people there locally in Phoenix that 
you could actually mesh with is you think that's a thing that you could get not you know or do you think people in general you think people in general could get past that first burial and you could have a a chill time with them or is that just too far-fetched no i don't i don't believe it is because uh i i i think no matter what if you're working with somebody else you always have to keep in mind no matter what and on a positive side that if you are extending your hand out and helping someone or they're helping you they might lose a client same as you you might lose a client your, your services may be better or something may be different so when you know that when you get to the point when you start clicking with somebody and i and i say it's it, like for instance i have a detailer that when i first met him I'm like god this guy is just holy crap he's just arrogant and he is arrogant but he's also young and i'm like okay well you're good you own this you do this that and then I came in and did some work for him because he needed it and basically earned the respect. And then next thing you know, he took on a client that I just couldn't make happy for whatever reason. And then I went to his house and we talked more outside of detailing. And then next thing you know, we realized that we actually had more in common other than just detailing. So detailing is the common ground that is going to pull us together. And that's why if there's a detailer across the street, I'll walk over fist bump him, shake his hand, you know, and say, Hey, nice to meet you. Give him my card. I you try. That's what, that's you what try. I do. But yeah, I've gone out of my way to try to present that. And it hasn't been reciprocated back to me. I have become more of a mentor where people will call me, text me, Hey, what would you do with this? I'm like, well, if it was me, I would do this, but I also make them think about it before just texting me or calling me going, what do I do here? Like my first response would be, what did you try? So if I'm in that position, I want to make sure that people understand that I don't, I'm not getting it out of it. I just want to be able to help somebody. And if you truly want to help people, a detailer, if they have ego and they don't click, and you're just going to know it. If they don't click, you're like, yeah, okay, fine. you can definitely move on, right? Move Absolutely. On. And that's all it is. Just, just move on and then you're okay. Move on. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Mark from next level. Oh, shoot. Other Mark left. Ah, it's too bad. I, it, the, the, here's why I bring that up because Mark actually messaged me and talked to me about a little problem he's having. He's trying to learn. And he's actually, I was, I was really hoping to get his take on this because he's trying to learn. And so he told me he's actually gone around to other shops and no detailers will work with him. He said he's tried to offer his services for free so that he can learn, which is something we have, right. We've told people to do, right. That's a, that's a great, but people are so adamant about not having a business relationship with another detailer that they just won't do it. Mark from next level. I know that's not you as the other Mark, but what's it like in El Paso? I mean, everybody, uh, everybody grab a beer and they, they, they eat Chinese food and everybody just gets along, huh? It's, it's just us for now, man, but we're hoping it's going to change soon. The, the, we have a lot of that Eagle here in El Paso. Um, but we, the, where we came from was a position where we didn't know anything and people stepped up and got came out of went out of their way to give us knowledge that they didn't necessarily have to give us um but just wanted to be helpful and so we then that's how we've come up and and grown as detailers and so mark will tell you that he's he's tired of helping people already but i i still feel like we have to pass that along like i'm i'm that kind of guy that will like 
well, we, we have to honor where we came from. And so it's only right that if, you know, somebody comes us, comes to us with a question, why not take the two minutes out of our time to, to give them the knowledge? I'm that- so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's a better way of asking that question than what I was saying to Nick earlier, right? Like it, there's something, it, it, it's interesting, right? There's a, there is a theory that since we received help and years ago, somebody helped us, we should help back, right? You've got to pay back and you pay for it at the same time. <clears throat> you said though, that Mark is getting tired of helping people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because it feels one-sided and I understand that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I was kind of, that's why I said that about Nick earlier. Like, listen, we we've said that multiple times, especially like a year ago, we were like, Holy crap. Like we seem to just help people. Like everybody just wants to ask questions and ask questions. And it was like, we feel like we need to. There's a, there's a lot of people that have questions. A lot of people need help, but you just go, oh, like well, they've also they've also gotten that bad taste in the mouth of some of the forums of getting blasted, going, they're asking a simple question, and somebody goes, Oh, you're an idiot, you should have known this by now. This is simple detailing 101. And it's like, I get it. Some people just don't know, and some people are also very afraid. I know this one kid who's very afraid to talk to anybody other than the client directly he will not ask anybody for help whatsoever he'll just go google it real fast that's just how it works it's how his mind works and he's afraid other than what's in front of him which is the customer that's it yeah all right mark so why are you tired of helping people there's a long list now i i wouldn't say i'm tired of it i'm i guess the reason why i wouldn't want to do it as often is because we've been burnt so many times by people you know um like detailers coming to us and saying, Hey, what are your, what are your guys' pricing? And then just go based off our, like based hundred percent off our pricing. It's like, dude, like we are at this price for a reason. We're at this price because of our knowledge, because of our time doing it. Like you've been washing cars for like 10 minutes, you know, like, what do you, like, which is fair. Like we, we believe that everybody in our city should, should raise their prices. But like when they're coming to us saying, Hey, how much should I charge for this? Well, I don't know, dude. So we've offered people like, like, Hey, come to my house. We have like six cars here, pick a car and wash it. And then we'll go based off of that. I mean, granted, we're not, we're not saying we're the best, but they're coming to us for, for this answer, but they're not willing to put in the work to do that. So, I mean, I guess that's where I get frustrated or um, when well, I mean, we've had people undermine us like, Oh yeah, I've been trained by these guys. I could take care of it. And it's like, Hey, what the heck? But I mean, at the end of the day, I guess a client that's stolen was never your client. So I, I, I just, I don't trust people as much as Jesse, like knowing that like they're going to be in our best interest later on. So, or, or that the goodwill will come back to us eventually. Right. Cause listen, that, I get it. We've had that discussion multiple times. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, like I said, dude, we've, we've had messages where we're going back and forth. Like, yeah, we charge this much for this. You should charge this much. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, what about for this? And then, the last question we say is, yeah, come to my house, dude. This is the address. Pick a car, wash it. Um, we'll get some drinks, like whatever. Leave us on red. Never want to hear from us again. It's like, really? Like, that's all it took for you? But here, here's the bottom line. No matter what, if you go and look, I don't care what industry you're on. We'll just pick detailing because that's what we're all in. If you go and look, you can look on every channel, every forum. You will find every bit of knowledge on detailing how to do it from the basic all the way up to the most expertise and only 30 percent 
will actually do anything with it because I've had people literally use my name saying, oh yeah, I trained with him. I know him. And they're like, so call me going, did you work with this guy? I'm like, yeah, for like a day. Um, but that's just the reality. So eventually at some point we got to just drop a wall and go, you know, we're going to help move on, help move on. And eventually that 10th person is going to be like so grateful that he's going to call you every day, which I get a call once a week going, Hey dude, just want to tell you, thank you. Because, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have made it through without this message. You know, John, you do you think do that's why so many detailers started trainings? I, yep. Because yeah. they know so much. Cause it's all free out there. There's so much information out there. It's no, free. because they're just burdened by so many people wanting to know things. Oh, Jesse, yeah, yeah. like you were talking like Brent Derek, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of people were just like, you, like as I'm saying that they're getting, doing all this free help, free help, free help. And then I go, I'm like, well, maybe I could charge for this kind of help instead of answering a thousand questions. I mean, I, I had a guy who wanted to come detail cars with me while I was at customer houses and I told them no like I'll we'll come work on your car but as soon as I said we'll come to your house and work on your car he didn't want to do it he wanted to come work on my customer cars and I said I got my reputation I'm not trying to like have you burn through someone's paint because you don't know how to polish but I feel like people were just like you know what I'm not doing this for free anymore I answer small questions you want something big I charge you know thousand dollars you can come deal with detail me however much for the for a weekend or something so I think that's what happened and now there's tons of trainings everywhere now. Yeah, no doubt. Now let's go over to Mr. Joe Clean. He's, looks like he's getting that Beamer wiped all down. He's looking good. Mr. Joe Clean, why do you think detailers in Tampa don't like to work with other detailers? Or do you say, hey, man, I work with so many other detailers. We got the best community here in Tampa. Everything is just jolly. For me, I can work with anybody, anybody. You put me next to Nick, Mr. Walter. I will hey, work here we go. Let's do it. Nick <laughs> and Joe Clean working together. I'm ready to see it. Let's I'll do it. it. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> so this is what yeah, I can't. Learned. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so this is what I learned, and it's called delegating. Um, the reason why I have two employees now because I learned how to delegate. My whole problem was. I needed things to be done a certain way in this order. Now I'm starting to realize that my guys, I'm going to tell them how to do it, but they're going to do it in their own way sometimes. But the outcome is my main concern. They may skip a step and be like, oh, I remember. So when I go to work with another detailer, there's certain things. Okay, I don't know if I said on the last podcast, there was a guy who was trying to charge my prices of 160 for an NCM exterior detail, wipe down and wash and spray wax. The guy did not even move the little sucker thing uh, for the crosstown, like the expressway authority situation that we have here. It's just two suckers. Like you pull it down, he actually goes around it, right? And that you can see the fog on the outside of the window. And he didn't do door jams. So just because I had him to work with me on his slow days, and I'm like, dude, you got to do the door jam. They're charging people $160. They're not going to clean out the fuel door, the door jam, or pull that little that little transponder thing that's a sucky two-prong. With that being said, when it comes to egos, everybody wants to be on the gram saying they do this and saying they'll do that. But when you see them in person, it's totally different. That's where the crap hits the fan. They want to say, oh, I'm doing this better chemicals and all this stuff, but they got done and they feel intimidated to use done. I use done when necessary. 
Joe, and let I'm me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you yeah, think yeah, yeah, then yeah. the way you're saying, you know, right, you walk through, you know, basically not everybody does the same process. Maybe not everybody has the same quality. So are you saying that that's why you, you don't like working with other detailers? I think that's why other detailers don't work with other people. Because if I were to detail a car after one of my competitors, because everybody, me and you are competitors, Marty. I don't care what you say. If we both have one car to do, you're going to fight to get that car if you're willing to do it, vice versa. Nobody's going, hey, you can have that. No, we're in business to make money. So another detailer, if they were to take me to their house and let me detail their customer's car, I guarantee you with my personality, with my conversation with the customer, the customer would choose me before they choose that other person. Not saying everybody, but a lot of people that I've actually worked with. So I try to step back and not over, because I'm a leader, I'm, I'm, that's just me. So if I see something need to be done, I'll talk to that customer into a ceramic coating, and I'm just there for a regular wash. Next thing you know, we're coating the car, and I went there to help them with a wash. Okay, okay. What about just like working, maybe not hands-on working next to somebody on a customer's car, but what about just working together to help solve somebody's problem or, you know, it, in Tampa, is there, I know there's a lot of other detailers in Tampa. Do you guys ever have this, you know, do you guys ever chat it up with each other or is it just, oh, no, this guy's over here, this guy's over there. We, we keep our distance. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of uh, keeping the distance and uh, because you don't know what the other person is thinking, you know what I mean? Um, I almost, and this is my truth right here. I was passing by a detailer this morning on my way to a customer and I'm like, I should pick up, pick up a bottle of uh, champagne and say congratulations to this guy. Because I noticed him been he's been posting and he opened the shop like within a year ago. And it's it's been really doing well. I just wanted to literally, I said, I processed, if he's not there, I'm gonna leave my business card, put it at the front door. But there was no stores in the area. I had to go to the next customer. The point is, I like to try to bring that bond together, but I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be like, what did he want by dropping this off? This is something about it, you know, that all hidden thing, but again, yeah. I think that's hey, Joe, Joe, you know, we have this philosophy. It's the thought that counts, right? You know, it's yeah. the thought that counts. You thought about getting him some champagne. So, you know what? It's just really that. No, no, no. you know, I was that. supposed to do it. Now, hell with the thought. I was supposed to do it. But I'm just saying it because it was on my heart. But I just didn't do it. But I would love to work with everybody. Like, I, um, me, we had the same, like, idea. Like, hey, you can hear me? My thing yep. sound like going out. Okay, I mean, Ride and Shine, we were just saying, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if we were to literally work together. You know what it's like, all 10 of us, or how many on this call, got together and just traveled the world, making a mark of this detail? Oh, it'd be terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, we would all be broke. <laughs> We'd hate each other. It'd be terrible, would, man. It'd be terrible. I'd Not make with the, me. I'd be too long. We'd have the cleanest tour bus, though. Man, <laughs> no, that's why I'm saying that's why we can't work together. You see, I, I just said I think it's a great idea. You just figured out why I wouldn't be. That's the thing about. Oh yeah, stuff. because Dustin smells and he drives a Dodge. There's no way. <laughs> Easy now. Easy now. You just got you just got empty bush light cans rolling around in the back. Just just disregard that. You know, Dustin, you got your hand Marty up. Talks to, uh, yeah, Marty. so. So I had my hand up for a while, but anyways. Um, okay, yeah, put it down. Go. Lucas, what'd you have to say? <sighs> what I was just going to say that you talk an awful lot of shit about Dustin's Dodge tonight for someone who has a Jeep in the garage. I uh, know. Uh, 
Big Mopar guy over there. Oh. I, I tell you, and, and like you guys were saying, it would be great if everybody could work together locally. Like uh, one of the old guys is big into window film. You won't find him on Google. You're not going to find him on social media and his shop stays full. But back in the day, there were like five tent guys in our area and they would work together. They'd have conversations. Hey, I think we need to raise our prices. And all of them would literally raise their prices together. They'd work together. All of them were quality dudes. Um, And it would be nice if that's the way things would work. But everybody is so caught up in, I got to be better. I I, got to got to beat the next guy. Well, I hope, you know, I hope his business is, isn't doing as good and I've got more cars and this, that, and the other versus if you work together to raise the market and, you know, just kind of have our a little community. Um, hey. So that would be nice. And that's the way I tried to kind of pull people together, but I got the vibe that everybody was eh, piss on you. You know, I just want to milk the cow, get some information, then go on about my way versus helping each other out uh i can say that the best relationships that i have built locally have been people that are in the window tent film you know that type of thing it's made a lot of or a lot of money for my business plus we send work you know to each other and uh like nick said the body shop you have to have a body shop relationship Um, i burnt paint on a subaru this year and guess what called up that guy the appointment was made before the customer even knew that I burned the paint on the car and didn't cost me a lot of money. That guy sends me a ton of business and I send him a ton of business. I'm a huge fan of the body shop agreement. I've always had a body shop guy that I work with always mine right now is a guy that was uh, working at a Honda dealership. And then out of the eight, nine and 10 recession, there was a guy that started getting into some problems and his body shop needed to be bought. He bought it and he's built it back up and his name's Scott. I let's not love sending stuff to him. We get people that come in and have some, you know, something that we all know that we can't take care of. Right. This is Nick's point. If you got something you can't take care of and you know that the customer needs help with it, having somebody with the body shop doesn't just mean you know somebody. It means, you know what? Sometimes I take Scott to lunch. Most of the time he ends up paying even better, right? Like just meeting up with somebody saying, hey, let me go take you to lunch. Hey, let me go bring your guys something. There's so much of that inside of business relationships that it's hard to track the ROI. But I absolutely know that if I take care of my customer by another relationship, that can help that customer that I always know that I'm going to start continuing to build a clientele list. I'm going to continue to build positivity. I'm going to continue to cluro and climb cooking with Nick hands up. So I, I think more people should, should open their minds into subletting out other parts of their work or their business other than just like PPF or, or window tent. Like we all hear, Oh, I charge, you know, say a thousand bucks for, um, a, fro- a, a full frontal PPF, but your guy only charges you, the business owner, 750 and you cut a little bit out of that for a profit margin. You could do that for any piece of your business. Say my name is Joe Clean and I hate polishing cars. I could sublet out another business just to polish that car and IPA wipe it and charge a premium on that just the same as you would for PPF. And you could 
use that to get more cars out of your shop. We did the same thing with our business and we sublet out just the washes, like just the, the brunt of the work that takes a, a buttload of time. So my team can focus on all the other like little weird nitty gritty aspects of, of our business at work, such as like quality control or inspecting the cars or doing other things like that. And we tripled our volume overnight. So you could sub that out interiors or polishing or whatever else and charge a little bit more, take a profit out of that and speed up your process. Is that a thought? Hey, cooking with Nick. I did that, right? I hate polishing cars. A guy who I knew was capable of polishing the car. He charged two fifty to polish a car. My polish starts off at five fifty for the one step and it goes from there, right? So his yep. two fifty was okay with me. I am very transparent on my pricing, what I charge. It's almost like I got to be sneaky and to just say I'm just charging uh, $350 or I got to say something like I'm only making 100 But when he realized that I was making more than double his price, he tried to go up on his price eventually as he started doing work with me. And my last car, he did not do a proper job. He went, I mean, he didn't even take out the actual micro mine and it was supposed to be a one step. That's why I'm here policies by myself right now. Good point. But I got an employee that's $15 an hour, and the guy is good. I taught him how to uh, polish. He did three cars for me within the last two days. He just couldn't right. work late. This car got to go out tomorrow, and that's why he's not here polishing this. Got you. It's a struggle, isn't it, Joe? It's always a struggle. Well, There's well, no definite answer, right? People are people. Relationships are tough. Absolutely. But there's no doubt that, well, we wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for relationships. Many people don't realize that, well, out of what I started here in distribution in Oklahoma, as it began to grow, community takes on an actual part of life. It's what I believe in from cooking food for other people to giving them beers to bringing in trainings to spending years investing into others. What's that ROI for me? Life? Business? Can I track it on a spreadsheet? Not really. Do I know it's a part? Absolutely. Having relationship with others in your local area is massively beneficial. And I recommend every single one of you listeners to go begin to meet other people. Don't take meet, ask questions, get to know them. Don't take, send them business, work with them. Be the guy that wants to have their hand out, but not open palm. Have your hand out and offer a handshake, offer a mutual agreement that you guys can work together and give more to that relationship than the other person that goes at both body shops to tire centers to God, I had a Range Rover a couple months ago, right? Literally, when I'm driving over, it gets a nail. Is that my fault? I don't know. So I messaged the guy, let him know he's got a nail in his tire. I don't know. I didn't see it when I got in his car. But when I pull up to the warehouse and to my shop, it's got a nail. What is the ROI in making sure that this customer knows that his tire is going to get fixed? It's not on a spreadsheet, but having relationships with other people allows for your customers to get their needs met too. 
And that gives you 20 plus years in business. There's a, uh, an old theory that came from a salesman long time ago that I, I heard. And he says, if you help enough people get everything they want out of life, you'll get everything you want out of life. It's an interesting thought for us all to chew on. And I hope, you know, the, the idea of this little segment was so that now you can begin to write out. Go to Google. Go, go create a little note in your iPhone and start listing shops, whether it's other detail shops, tent shops, body shops, all the different people that were listed here. And you need to start writing them out. You need to walk in and meet the owner if they have time for you. You don't walk in with a handshake. You don't walk in and not tell him about everything that you do. You need to maybe ask other people what you can help meet their problems. And you never know where that relationship could go. The relationship with Nick and I started him asking me a question. Him asking, hey, can we have a chat? What do you know? Here we are today. Nick and I started a conversation. Now Nick's my partner. Now Nick and I are pushing our business further. You never know what a question and a relationship can begin to form. Relationships are very key in your business. I hope everybody goes out and builds new relationships because you're going to need it. All right, Derek, it's time. Time for the tab out question of the night. All righty, guys. So. Oh. This one's going to be a little interesting. I kind of want to see what people are going to say because uh, I know the industry is pretty much gone one way. And uh, Marty, unfortunately, does sell some of the products that this could affect if something were to happen. But um, if you woke up tomorrow morning and the news said that what was inside coatings was deadly, couldn't use it no more, could your guys' businesses survive if we had to go back to paint sealants? Ooh, wow. Great question. All right, Dustin, coatings are out. Teflon sealants from 2000 are back in. Absolutely, man. Uh, details are my bread and butter. It's it's not the coatings, anything like that. We'd be but that's changed, Dustin, right? What do you mean? Didn't you, if I remember right, right, as you were a mobile detailer and as you were growing... Weren't you headed trying to go heavy coatings? Yeah, because I was tired of doing all the grimy interiors. Uh, but now that I've kind of taken my business in a new direction, uh, we've got a nice, you know, bigger shop now, uh, employees, that type of thing. Yeah, uh, details are bread and butter. Have to, right? Have to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's low stress. Um, even... When I do a coating, like, like it's still just, if you're doing a paint correction and a coating, it's just, it, it can be stressful. Did I get everything? Is it going to look good and presentable? You know, did I get 50% of the imperfections out, whatever versus a detail, you bring it in, you wash it, you get the interior nice and cleaned up. It's done. The customer's happy. Boom. It's back out the door. Um, so yeah, that's what I like to see. And especially winter time, um, you know, we'll be doing interiors all, all winter long. Okay. So, uh, bring, bring me that carnauba wax back. Come on. <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks, Dustin. 
Joe Clean's busy polishing, so we'll get back to him whenever he's ready to take a break. Lucas, brother, what about you, man? If ceramic coatings suddenly are out, there's a shortage. <laughs> a shortage on SIO2, which we have randomly heard what earlier this year. Some people actually started trying to put that into quote unquote shortage category. But anyway, coatings are out. Sealants are back in. Are you in business or are you you're folding? Absolutely staying grinding in business. We we have six months of winter up here where nobody wants anything but an interior. So most of my business still hinges for half the year on just doing the grimy, greasy, salty interiors. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Nick and Jesse, what about you guys in El Paso? Who's Nick? What I say? Oh, my bad, man. Listen, <laughs> oh, no. dude, man, we're we're at the end of the pub. I'm like three or four beers in. It happens. Bro. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> Cooking with Nick and Jesse. All right. Yeah, that's what it goes. <laughs> well, uh, I would die because I never checked the news or my email. So, <laughs> oh, God. on a coding. Oh, God. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> it's just thing going on. What are you doing? <laughs> so, like, oh, God, my lungs. <laughs> no, I, I think all of us on this call would survive because I, I think detailers are a different breed in the same way like skateboarders are a different breed. Like skateboarders will, they, they fall on their ass hard every single time and every single time they get up until they learn that trick for themselves right i think it's kind of the same thing with detailers we we all got into this business for a reason other than wanting to make money and i think that's what would drive a a, a detailer versus like a car washer or someone who just wants to make a quick buck because detailing is hype right now that's what would separate us from the pack so yeah i, I for sure we would find a way to survive if coatings were our bread and butter of what we relied on we'd find a way for sure okay thanks man appreciate it john oh we'll survive and the reason means because uh, everybody out here uh on their title it says that they are a ceramic coating specialist and uh not once do they uh offer uh six to nine months sealants or waxes i will wash and wax the car every three months and I will charge them 150 to 200 bucks every time knowing they're going to keep coming back. So I've just learned the repetitive side of, uh, I'll take it back to the old school. If I have to, it does not bother me one bit. So we will not go out because I've learned it the hard way. Cool. Appreciate it. Cooking with Nick or Mark, whichever one you want to go by now. I got you. Um, hello, my name is Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we definitely survive i mean the only the most protection i put on like at, at our work is really just a spray wax but also like a question is this is for you nerds out there that that like um looking at um data sheets like material data sheets and like really like the science of the coating is pdms actually a uh a ceramic or is it a polymer PDMS, polydimethylsiloxane, it's one of the ingredients in coatings. Um, mm -hmm. Those who make coatings probably know what that is. If that's a polymer and it's not falling into that category, we're good. <laughs> but Great question, Nick. Great question. 
It, it is an ingredient that is uh, it's an interesting one to play around with. That's is, all is I that, have to say gotta, about that ingredient, Nick. Is that it's something that we've learned over the past year plus, and we've found it to be a very interesting product. It's a good tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting as you learn who's using that technology and who isn't. That's where it really becomes interesting. Definitely. So we have no, we do know what that technology is. I bet. Hmm. Not many people do cook it with Nick. Nicely done. No. All right. Nick Walters, what about you? Tab out question of the night. Um, well, while we were having the body shop talk, I just got a call from the body shop and we had to book a car. So I had to jump off here. Uh, Boy, coincidences. Yeah. I, ceramic coating, we would absolutely, uh, not everybody would survive. Um, that's, that's number one. Uh, the vast majority of paint correction specialists, you know, you hear that term now, those guys would probably leave the industry pretty quick. Um, because you know, what they're doing is, is such a high dollar and be hard to replace that. They'd have to move to PPF, which would take them years to get up to speed. Um, but I think the, the guy that's in detailing and listening to customers and, I think those guys would survive, you know, those, you know, guys with the well-rounded business, I think would thrive actually if coatings left uh, because it would bring customers back in the door a little bit more often. But yeah, I think, I think people are going to be surprised in the next six to eight months. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some data about coatings right now. That's not real flattering and, you know, there's some things going on that, that I think we are going to see a return back to some of the basics. So for those that are already there, I think it's it's going to be a good time. Well, Nick, I have written down on Monday to talk more about this uh, rate increase and some hikes yeah. that have happened with the <laughs> Fed and where that happens and what it plays into detailing as people don't get to buy as many cars anymore. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing a this is us unprecedented for the vast majority of detailers. You've mm -hmm. never lived during a time when shit wasn't easy. Yep. So uh, if you think it's been hard and you think you've been competing, unfortunately, that's not really the facts because, you know, there was money floating everywhere. That's just the fact of the economy. So it's going to be fun. It's a great tab out question because I think a lot of guys are going to have to ask themselves and I think let's, let's kind of piggyback on that real quick. Look at all the five-year guys that are now in the one-year game. That kind of tells you exactly what's happening. And uh, if you're using somebody's coding that's been in the one-year game for five minutes, then you deserve to lose. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. But, you know, detailers have a lot of bad radars when it comes to coatings, And so that's where we're at. Cool. All right, Joe Clean, man. Uh, thanks for taking a break on the polish. What do you think? Is coatings go out? Are you in business or what happens? I will survive. Hey, hey. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're waiting to say that. Yeah. So I would survive because I charge right now, like I said, I charge 160 for the, the, I put a maker on it or I put slick on it. Okay. And that's my, oh, wait, coming. Yeah, a little louder, please. Am I there? Am I there? Am I there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, so I would, with my 160, right, I put a maker on it or I put slick. That's my protection that I put on it. That's for the 160. 
Now, if we're out of ceramic coating and I have to wax, I will now take my prices down to 140 for a regular wax. And if I'm adding wax, I'm gonna add another 60 to $80 because I hate putting on paste wax, waiting for it to, to powder white or whatever it does, I can't remember, and then wipe it off. That's more work for me. So I will now charge more for my detail for wax versus coating. Okay, appreciate it. I would hope, right? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna also. I'm going to also understand your, your problem. And I'm going to say, I hope that in six to eight months, I hope that, uh, you know, if we win, we do get going through this, that a paste wax and other waxes aren't the same technology as they were a long time ago. And I'm going to hope that, uh, you know, that the industry puts out products that, that don't resemble things from 10 years ago, but, have newer technology that might borrow traditional things that have always given protection over the years. So listen, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad Nick brought that up. That's really interesting what he had had to say. And then what you have to say, because there's got to be technologies that arrive into our industry that allow detailers to do what you just said without all the problems that the products had in the past. So I'm with you, Joe. I hope so too. And definitely a great tab out question, Derek. Nicely done, brother. Great no job. Problem. Guys, what a great night. Thanks so much for having a beer with me, Dustin. It was a pleasure. And uh, thank you to always having your wonderful taste in beer. It brings such an enlightenment to the group. Your fine palate and exquisite taste is just Unrenounced. Unrenounced. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bush latte? No. No, it gets even worse, Nick. So I got to add one thing before we oh, end. Oh, that's a mat latte? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh come on. Quick Split's got to be doing better than that. Nowadays, be man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just had I just had a meeting with my accountant, you know. It's uh it's matter days for you. Yeah, we, we were we were looking we were looking at the P and Fs on Friday. He said you're gonna have to stop drinking the craft beers and bump down yeah. to only matter days. Uh, hey, for those who didn't file an extension, they might not uh, understand that. But yeah, it's, it's a painful time of year for us business owners. I'll put That's that awesome. in my pint glass next week, man. Thanks for getting me the idea. Mm, pine glasses might be available next week like you said good job good job lucas man great talk thanks so much for always coming in man i really appreciate all your input i really do Derek, once again great tab out question mark and jesse from down in the big old state of texas i know they don't have lights there electricity will be again into el paso just the same time as well, Carnuba waxes come to El Paso. You might get lights also. John from Ride and Shine, buddy. Great to see you out in Phoenix cooking with Nick and Nick Walters both on tonight. We've got Kentucky. No, not Kentucky. Uh, we've got Tennessee and then Vegas. So great wraparound of everybody tonight. Thanks so much for all hopping on. Mr. Martinez has been here all night long. Hope you had a great time, brother. See you all next week. Yeah. Hey, this is Marshall. Thank you so much for being a part of the community pub and having a beer with me. I know you, 
you listened and you started asking yourself some questions. What do you need to do with those questions? Well, you need to start writing them down. You need to start looking out, as I said, go across to your map of your local area and begin to see who you can build relationships with. Relationships can be tough, absolutely. But relationships are vital. And we know that coming in the future, you're going to need others around you to bring support when you need it. You're also going to need to give support to others. And that's what a community is. So, hey, speaking of community, go to the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook and start interacting with others that are also enjoying their climb. Here's to everybody in community and wherever you find yourself. I hope you make it a great day.